Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. And if you're new here, I'm so grateful and happy that you found the show. I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women. And my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about diving into the root core issues that might keep us from living in that highest vibration, learning how to alchemize that, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be a human being. All right, everybody, we have Barry and Barry joining us today. I love her name. We are talking about getting to know our periods, feminine embodiment, cycle syncing, all of it. I'm so excited for this episode. I feel like we've really been in need of a good educational rundown of what it means to be in a feminine body and biologically understanding this even more deeply. So for my ladies, this is going to be awesome for us. And for the guys listening, this is really, really important and helpful information for you to know as well and to understand the women in your life. So to introduce you to Barian, she is a fertility awareness and menstrual health educator and practitioner. She's also the founder of Optimize Your Flow, and she's teaching modern women how to transform their periods in life through menstrual mastery. From hormone balancing to cycle syncing to moon enhancement and self-healing rituals, Barian covers it all, and she's here to help us have the easiest periods we could possibly have while honoring the ebbs and flows of our bodies and our cycles. So as you're listening, you can find Barian on Instagram at Barian L. Barry. I'm at Helen Denham underscore. Hit us up. Let us know what your biggest takeaways are. And if you feel called to tap the stars, leave a review, I'd be so, so grateful. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy the episode. Talk to you on the flip side. All right, Barry, the first question I love to ask guests is how do you like to start your days off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Yeah. So the first thing that I do is take my temperature because I practice the fertility awareness method. So I have to take my temperature every morning, uh, pull that data. And then from there, after I've tinkled, I will make a nice cup of tea and get some meditation and journaling in. And that's just so that I can like ground into myself and my intention. And that's it. Then from there, we get everything going. Stunning. Okay. Tell me, tell us more about the temperature check um, and how that applies to our system, everything. Yeah. So I practice something called the symptothermal fertility awareness method. And essentially you're tracking three biomarkers, which is basically data from your body and throughout your menstrual cycle, your temperature actually increases. So once you have ovulated, your temperature will increase about one to two degrees. And so tracking my temperature just lets me know like if I'm fertile or not at the end of the day, that's the best way to kind of like that. And then checking cervix placement and cervical mucus. Um, But I only check those like once a week, whereas like my temperature, I track every single day just in case I feel lazy and don't want to track the other two. Yeah. And is your temperature pretty spot on, like exactly the same number with where you are in your cycle? Like, how do you make sure it's, it's totally accurate? So with your temperature, you have to like, know that the first half of your menstrual cycle before you ovulate, it's going to be pretty much like 98.6. Like, okay, we're good. This is 
But once you've ovulated, there's that one to two degree increase. And this is just confirmation that you have ovulated. Um, and for me personally, it's pretty spot on. I think for most people it is. Um, but at the same time, everybody's body is so different. So temperature is temperature is something that like I can see the increase, right? Whereas if you're not looking at your cervical mucus or your cervix placement every single day, you may not know that like your cervix is higher right now, or if it's lower, if you're not checking your panties in the morning, which everybody needs to do, everybody should be checking it to make sure it, if you have like this raw egg white, that means you're fertile, right? But if you don't have that runny raw egg white look, then you're not fertile. So it's just a way to know whether or not you're fertile since we're only fertile six days throughout our cycle. Anyways, you can only get pregnant six days. So yeah. Does that Totally. So this, this is all pretty new to me very much. So, and especially I think important for women working on getting off of birth control or just looking for our alternative methods. So, so basically if you're trying not to get pregnant, you know, that you're safe outside of those six days, pretty much. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. So it's six days pretty much leading up to ovulation in which you want to exercise a lot of caution. And that's because sperm can live in it uterus for up to five days and in the fallopian tubes up to seven days. So we want to make sure we're expressing as much caution as possible. Ovulation happens 16 to 32 hours max, but it's that like little window before where sperm can be like swimming around, like I'm still alive and thriving. <laughs> and then your egg comes and then it's like, oh, this is great for me. So that's why. Um, but once you've ovulated, I always tell people, once you know for sure you've ovulated and I would give yourself like a day or two, then from there you can do as you please. But leading up to ovulation is when you need to express the most caution. Yes. Okay. This is very interesting. So we're already into it, but I would love <laughs> to hear about how you got into this work and this passion of yours. Yeah. Like what led you here? Oh gosh. Okay. We'll make a long story short. I am an Enneagram eight and I am also like, I'm very much so one of those people who I don't try to challenge the status quo by default, but it kind of happens. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was interviewing someone for my podcast and on the interview, she's like, periods are normal, pain shouldn't be. And at the time I was a personal trainer, I was a nutritionist and I was like, what, what do you mean, Hannah? Don't do this. Like you can't speed past that. And that was the moment in which I knew I needed to talk about periods and talk about cycle syncing, because up until that point, I had the worst relationship with my body when it came to my periods specifically. And I knew I wasn't alone being the girl who hated her period. I feel like so many women could resonate with that. Like I feel inconvenienced. And so for me, it was more of a, like, let me solve my own problem also, let me see if this girl is right. And then once I had a pain-free period, I was like, okay, I'm now holding this torch and telling all of the girlies about how to have pain-free periods. Um, and since then, it's kind of just developed into me creating my own rhythm and routine with teaching people about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with you, what was your, what were your symptoms? What was the pain that you were experiencing? I had the worst cramps of my life. Like my cramps used to be so bad. I remember being in high school and like 
going to like first and second hour and then being like, I got to go home because I couldn't function. Like I was in so much discomfort. And then the other thing was the heavy bleeding. Um, and I always tell people like, you know, in mean girls, there's the girl who's like, I can't help it if I have a uh, heavy flow, heavy flow yeah. and a wide set yeah like <laughs> I remember I remember that so much but like I at the time had no clue what was happening to my body I had been taught that this is normal this is what women go through this is you have to deal with it and so when I found out you could have a period and not be cramping Mm -hmm. I was like, how can I achieve this for myself? When I found out I didn't have to be a moody bird, for lack of better words, you know, I was just like, how? And, you know, for me personally, I was on hormonal birth control to manage my period pain at one point in time. And then I found out that doesn't really work with me well. So when I got off of it, all the pain came back. And then, you know, circa 2019, I decided I was going to heal my body naturally I read the book Woman Code, like I think so many other women have read. And I love that book. I used it as a tool, but I also was just like, this isn't realistic for my life. Like, um, this isn't going to match up with like who I am and like what my goals and dreams are. And so I decided to create my own method and heal my cramps first and foremost, steady my mood and, you know, lighten my bleed. Now I'm like thriving. Like I was... I came on my period on Saturday and I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Like I felt so good. I was just like, I go to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, you've arrived a day early. Okay. This is great. Like, you know, and I was fine. I didn't have any pain. And yeah, so that was my symptom. It was mostly the cramping for me and then like the moodiness and the bleeding. And then from there, I didn't deal with anything else. I don't think. How about you? Tell us about your period. Oh, thank you for asking. Well, mine, um, let's see. Well, it, it really changed. I never had an issue until I got an IUD. And, um, so I never really understood what women were saying when they were like, you know, I honestly was a little bit judgmental. I was like, how can it hurt that bad? I'm like, you're probably exaggerating, which I think is a bigger conversation about women and pain and it being overlooked and gaslit, to be honest. And I was on the other side of that. So when I got an IUD, um, it really shook me up. The cr cramps were so debilitating that I was in like fetal position for days at a time with, and I'd never experienced pain so specific like that. And it gave me just a greater sense of compassion for what women across the board are experiencing. And now it's, it took me about a year and a half, two years to really get back on track and to not experience so much pain. And I'm still trying to figure out it's pretty easy. Now they're very short. I get uh, like heavy flow for three days. And I wonder if that's even normal does it's not painful, but it's like fast and furious. And, um, it's still, I'm still working on easing into like syncing up my cycles a little bit more. I, I enjoy when I'm synced up with the moon cycles, which I'm pretty much on. Um, but I'm excited to keep learning about what your path has been and, and, and all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm still kind of navigating healing that I think mine has a lot to do with nutrition and just making sure I'm not stressed and everything to make it easier. But I'm curious to know with your method, how did you go about healing your cramping and your, um, you know, your moodiness, what worked for you? So the first thing, like I said, the book that I read was woman code. And I remember that was my Bible. Like I could pull it out of my bookcase right now and you would see it like, it's like falling apart. But that book was really like a guiding light for me 
to learn how to eat my way to a better period. Now, I had a head start compared to most people. I was already a personal trainer. I was already a nutritionist. So taking her work and applying it to my life was super simple. Like I was like, we got this. I changed my period within one cycle. Mm. But that's not the case for everybody. So now I teach something called the one embracing the one. And it's where we focus on organizing your meals and the nutritional component and nurturing the nervous system, because that plays a heavy role in having a better period and then executing daily. One is the acronym O, organize your meals in nurture your nervous system, E, execute daily. And the reason I teach this is because I think what I've noticed is missing from so much of the health space is practicality. Like I'm busy. I've got things to do. I'm not trying to sit here and meditate all day, every day. It might work for you, but that's not for me. And so I like to infuse that level of like fun and practical, but extremely intentional into what I do. And, you know, I could say it's as simple as eating in sync with your cycle. But if you don't know the basics of protein, healthy fat, and fiber as it relates not only to your body, but more specifically your your cycle, you're going to be in pain. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't understand how to balance your blood sugar levels well or why that matters. You're going to be tired and you're probably going to be in pain. So for me, my method really just encourages people to simplify it and streamline it. And I've been doing this for three years now like my method and I just get the best results with it. And I think that it's something that anybody can do, whether you're on birth control or not on birth control, whether you have a chronic condition or not a chronic condition, this is something that's able to like pour into so many people and improve not only their cycle, but their overall health. Right. Cause this is so holistic. I love that. And it also feels like on a deeper level, just honoring being in a female body and and honoring who you are as a woman, because I feel like talking about our periods, even myself, I'm getting a little bit like hesitant to talk too much about it, but half of the world experiences this. All of these women are going through this and it's something that we don't really talk about. I don't think enough. And it's something that all of us are experiencing literally for a week out of the month, every month. It's just crazy. So talk to us more about nutrition and our cycles and the parts of our cycles and syncing up nutrition to, to balance out. Yeah. So there's so many like things I can say about nutrition and your cycle, but the, the important thing to do is like first protein, healthy fat, fiber standardize, like got to standardize everything before you can optimize it through eating and sync. When you're on your period, it's really important to focus on protein and then complex carbohydrates. I'm not going to get into the details. We can all Google what a complex carbohydrate (laughs) is at this point. Um, But the reason we're doing this is because your body is releasing a lot physically and energetically. So it's really important that you begin to restore and replenish what's being physically released. Then in the second phase of your cycle, the follicular phase, so this is post-period but pre-ovulation, I always say let's do our light, fresh, fun foods and things that are really going to support your gut because our estrogen levels are on the rise and we need to prepare our body, more specifically our liver, to eliminate estrogen so that she's not causing a lot of drama. She does that when she's not in check. Um, But I think it's super important to just say, okay, I like fermented foods. Okay, I can have a kombucha. Okay, maybe some kefir or some yogurt, sauerkraut, things like that. And then like, I like to say like, 
mix it up. Like stop eating the same thing all of the time. Your body is bored. Like, you know, we need to have that diversity in our microbiome anyways. When you're ovulating, listen up, everybody listen, okay? <laughs> Ovulation, there is an increase in your resting metabolic rate. So if you notice you're hungrier, one, good. Two, that's like exactly what you're supposed to be because your body is preparing for a potentially viable pregnancy, regardless of you being pregnant or not. That's just what your body does. So if you do get hungry during ovulation, this is a good thing, okay? And during this time, we wanna make sure that we're getting all of the nutrients, all of those proteins, healthy fats and fibers, but also micronutrients and minerals. A lot of people don't understand why it's so important to really make sure that they're having micronutrients and minerals. So why are why is zinc important? Why is iron important? Magnesium, B vitamins, all of those things are so relevant to your cycle. And the reason it's important is because that's how other hormones that you need actually get created. It's through those micronutrients and minerals. So I tell people like, I was just recording something before you and I got on our um, interview but, you know, taking a drinkable multivitamin, this is going to be really important during that phase of your cycle, all throughout your cycle, but especially ovulation. Then your luteal phase, so this is after ovulation, but pre your next period, I say turn up the intensity of those complex carbohydrates again and double down on those uh, micronutrients and minerals. Why? Because your body is about to shed. It's about to release. And as your body is physically releasing, we want to be restoring and replenishing and just setting you up for success. I will send you a link so people can see like how, like what foods exactly to eat and sync with their cycle. It's a little oh, yeah. Instagram graphic so they can like see like, okay, I'll save this. Um, but that's what I would recommend and really where, where everyone needs to start from there. Oh, this is so great. It's reminding me of like my own journey healing, starting to feel better. I had been vegan for a long time. I'm curious to know what your thoughts on this in general, but I was like, I don't think I'm getting enough protein because I was craving chicken literally every time I started to bleed. And I was like, I'm just going to listen. And as soon as I started to listen to that and really pack in what I was actually craving, um, I started to feel so much better. And then alternatively, like I find that I naturally want to do kind of a fast, um, and part of my cycle. And I eat very little for like at least one day. And I'm like, Oh, I wasn't hungry today, but that is actually, I think natural based on what you're saying, like having like the fresh food, the lighter foods, maybe that's why that's happening. Um, yeah. so this is all so validating. So interesting. What do you think about the protein factor in eating meat, um, around our cycles? And if you're not a meat eater, what would you maybe recommend? So I, you know, I'm the person who's tried it all when it comes to diet, right? I've been a hundred percent plant-based. I don't know if I would say like vegan, because I think that's like a lifestyle thing. But when it came to a diet, like I was hundred percent like plant-based in that regard, but I've also felt like I've been a carnivore at times. I think that people have to listen to their bodies as much as possible. So I don't care if you're an herbivore, omnivore, or carnivore, wherever you are on the spectrum, you have to get in those certain levels of protein. So whether it's your chicken that you're getting in or it's your beans, okay? It's important to have protein for several reasons. One, it helps you get the amino acids that you actually need so your liver can function properly and really do its thing when it comes to estrogen metabolism. It's also important so that you don't have irregular periods or heavy bleeding. I don't think it's the 
like it's it's not the source of protein that matters the most it's the quality that mm. matters so oftentimes there's this assumption that if someone's plant-based they're not getting the right kind of protein and it's like protein is protein your body's going to break it down but is it a good protein so for instance is it a canned bean or it's is it a bean that you've actually soaked overnight there's actually a difference in the way your body will respond to it why because what's in a can has actually been processed already if you're soaking it overnight and cooking it yourself it's a completely different response it's 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 primal on this so for me i i'm i'm a meat eater i guess uh, i'm more of a pescatarian than i am anything cuz i i lean towards my salmon and tuna and that's because salmon has what i need in terms of proteins and healthy fats I like my tuna because it has a lot of selenium in it and selenium is a nutrient that I didn't even know I was missing. Like mm -hmm. it was something where I was like, this is so good. I'm like craving this specific thing. Um, and that might've been you with your chicken, right? Uh -huh. When you noticed like you were craving that, but I also love that you're like, you know what? I'm going to give my body what it needs. And like, that's more important than like, just, you know, leaning one way or the other popping in for a moment to chat with you about my private one-on-one -on -one mentorship series. This is for the woman who is ready to change her life. I know that feeling of confusion, anxiety, lack of direction, feeling like you're at a crossroads, and I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and completely change my life, which is why I'm here to show you the way, to show you how to do it too. If you have been struggling with confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal and spiritual evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in life, if you're seeking clarity about how to best move forward in your career or your personal life, or maybe you want to launch your own soul-led business but have no idea where to start, this is where I come in. This is the container for you. So if this sent off a ping in your intuition, in your soul, head over to HelenDenham.com and just book a free power session with me so we can get to know one another and decide if this is the best course of action for you. All right, my darlings, thank you so much for tuning in and back to the episode. And also, let me just say this. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the liver king. Okay, great guy. But we do need to talk about liver. Liver is actually really great for your menstrual cycle. Not the best tasting thing in the world, but organ meat is actually really good, especially if you're somebody who deals with a more chronic condition like endometriosis, fibroids, or PCOS. And I just... I had to add that in. Mm. Oh, I, yeah. I'm now realizing you're talking about supplements, not actually cleansing the liver, but taking eating liver, or is there a supplement that people could take if they, I don't know if I could stomach eating liver, liver, but I would something... like to try. <laughs> yeah. So I think that like, if you're going to do liver, you might as well just figure out how to cook it the right way. Like, you know, I know a lot of people who prepare it with like other like sausage and things like that, but I'm not really big into pork. Um, and that's just like a personal health choice. So beef liver is a supplement that I see everywhere right now. And I do think it is really good for people. Um, so if you want that as a supplement by all means, but you know, again, there's so many different supplements. So you gotta, just gotta pick and choose. And, um, there's a girl on Instagram. Her name is Jessica, Jessica Ash wellness. She does a really great job breaking down benefits of certain supplements. And I think she has one on beef liver specifically. 
Oh, good night. And yeah, I mean, nothing really beats eating the whole food. So I'm so with you there. My have to stomach it. Good. All right. I would love to talk to you too about movement in relation to your cycle. So like exercising, what do you think about movement based on our cycles? It's so important. Like, mm-hmm. what do I think? Like, that's the best thing you can <laughs> do for your body. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was a high level athlete when I was younger and then I went on to be a collegiate athlete and I'm convinced the reason my period was missing at different points in my life is because of how high I was training. Like I was training at a high level and like couldn't get enough food. So here's how we're going to work out and sync with our cycle. Okay. Make it hot and sweet for you. So when you are PMSing and on your period, you want to do low intensity active recovery based workouts. So think your Pilates sinks, jogging and long walks, hikes, different things like that. Okay. The reason we're doing this is because our hormones are essentially getting in an off position and we don't want to apply any more additional stress to our bodies. Who has ever seen Legally Blonde where Elwes is like, exercise gives you endorphins, endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't kill their husbands. They just don't, right? <laughs> Literally, like, yes. We think, we think endorphins and we think exercise, but nobody talks about cortisol right? And how sometimes exercising puts us in our sympathetic nervous system. And when we are in that PMS and really that honor period, we need to be in our parasympathetic more than our sympathetic. So low intensity active recovery, post-period, pre-PMS, right? So in our follicular phase, ovulatory phase, turn up the intensity, high intensity, interval training, strength, power, resistance, and really just going after it. So for me, this looks like a lot of like spin class and a lot of boxing. I love to hit things. I don't know why I am like, it's the fiery feminine in me. I don't know, but like, it feels really good. And then you want to do a lot of like pyelometric related things, strength and resistance. So weightlifting, CrossFit, those different things. But I always say two weeks of high energy and high intensity training, two weeks of low energy, low intensity training. And that's like, literally the breakdown of how to work out and sync with your cycle. Love that. That really resonates. That's so good. And then I know stress and just managing stress and calming our nervous systems down is the other part of this. So what do you do on a daily basis to make sure that you remain in like a calm and peaceful state for the most part? What do I, what don't I do? I I pretty much take a bath every single day. And the reason I do that is because water is one of the easiest ways to actually calm your nervous system. Whether you're looking at the water, drinking the water, immersing your body in water, it elicits a completely different response and a completely different hormone from the body. Um, Catasulfin or something, I can't think of the name of it, but it calms the nervous system. So taking a bath pretty much every day is a ritual for me. I'm also somebody who likes to focus on vagus nerve, comfort zone, relational, and then embodiment practices. And this is something I didn't realize I was doing until I started creating something (laughs) a few days ago. I was like, oh, wow. So breathing from the diaphragm, a lot of people talk about the importance of like the breath work, Mm -hmm. extremely important, but if you can't do like deep breath work, just taking a second to do some alternate nostril breathing, it'll save you. It'll help your vagus nerve, calm that nervous system. When it comes to your comfort zone, I always think it's important to establish trust with your body and bring yourself home, but also taking time to kind of shift your beliefs 
regardless of where that belief falls. So whether it's a belief about your period, a belief you have about someone you know, whatever it is, really shift your beliefs. I think that brings you back home to yourself and brings the trust back into your body. If you can't tell, I'm very much so into like the body and like the energy, but you know, from there, just taking time to feel safe in my body, Mm -hmm. taking time to journal, exercise. And I'm, I have a dance party every single day. Like I have to, (laughs) usually it's a song, maybe two, depending on which phase of my cycle I'm in. But like those things, as simple as they are, these are embodiment practices that really downregulate the nervous system. We just don't know that because we haven't been conditioned to downregulate our nervous system unless we're in a deep meditation. You can downregulate your nervous systems. You're going to the grocery store. Like who doesn't love Target or Trader Joe's? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cool to know that there's like a biological response that happens when we even see water or we're around water. Cause I, I really feel that I actually drive out of my way, like 15 minutes just to get to the water, to take a little walk in the morning. Cause it feels that good. And it makes sense that we would get like our best ideas or really calm down in the shower or something because we're, we feel safe and we're, we're recharged and ready to go. So that's really beautiful. And then I love what you're saying about rewiring your beliefs to, to just feel better and to, to come home to yourself. Can you tell us more about that and what maybe you've overcome and changed in your, in your own mind and spirit? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza and he always talks about rewiring your brain. Right. And at this point, I think we all know that like what you think about is what you bring about. When I took like my own program and like kind of said, like, what do I believe about my period? What I noticed is the narrative was like, you should be in pain. You should be inconvenienced. You should hate this. Like it was all of these negative things. And then I was like, but what if I just switch this? Now, at the time I did this, I had no idea who Dr. Joe Dispenza was. I had no clue what I was doing, but I was like, I've believed this since I was 12 years old. What happens when I decide I'm going to change the way I view my period? I was, I remember I was 24 years old and that's when I changed my beliefs about my period. I was like, wow, I've believed that this was such an inconvenience and I hated my body for this specific reason. I used to hate being a woman because of this. I decided like, maybe there's a way to be powerful in spite of this. And for me, it was this healing practice of like, in spite of bleeding or having these cramps, I can still do all these amazing things. And then that led to a completely new relationship with my body because I learned my body was just trying to talk to me. She was just trying to tell me to slow down. She was like, you're thinking during the wrong times of your period. You're trying to execute during the wrong times of your menstrual cycle. Like quite literally your brain changes throughout your menstrual cycle. Why is nobody telling me that there's a time throughout my cycle I can actually create better ideas? By the way, that's when you're on your period. Like, you know, like why is no one telling me there's a time throughout my cycle I'm designed to be analytical because my brain goes from being very allocentric and thinking about everybody else to being egocentric and thinking about me, myself, and I. That's when you're PMSing. Like nobody's telling us this. And so for me, 
when I decided what happens if I shift the way I view my period and actually understand my body, that's when my entire world changed. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, that is like the essence of being a woman Mm -hmm. in my head. Yeah. Like we're the physical manifestation of feminine energy. And the moment we can shift our beliefs surrounding our cycle, surrounding our body, we are quite literally unstoppable. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good TED talk. Well, I mean, it's so much deeper that, you know, there's so much depth to what you're saying too, because what you just said about feeling like an inconvenience. I mean, think about the feminine wounding that is like in all of us about taking up too much space or, you know, pushing people away because of who we are. So to reconnect with that, reclaim our power, and then remember that we're givers of life. It's it's just amazing. I keep thinking about that recently. I'm like, we literally grow bodies within us, or we have the potential to do that. And it's just absolutely amazing. And I think it's like, when we're going through these practices of reclamation, it's also just an honoring of our magical and kind of mystical nature, to be honest. So I guess on that note, are there any rituals that have helped you or ways in which you have like gone into kind of the um, mystical side of this or the spiritual realms of connecting with your feminine side? I'll give you just a quick example. I think someone told me to paint with my period blood one time and that sounds crazy, but I did. I made a piece of art with it and it it shifted something within me because it was so uncomfortable but then it was like, okay, this, I am, it's, it was like a manifestation of art, you know? So I'm wondering if anything uh, pops into your mind kind of like that. Yeah. So what's funny is I view everything through the lens of both science and spirituality. It's just like, you know, I kind of read how people are and then like, that'll tell me how to go. But I think for me, it's just been the acceptance. Like I don't have any mystical practices or anything like that. And that's just because I think being so deeply in my body is like that spiritual practice for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a song that I listen to called Full Spectrum Medicine. um, And unfortunately, I cannot pronounce the woman's name. Um, It's a South American artist or maybe Central American artist. But I listen to that song when I'm on my period like the first day and it always brings me to tears, but I allow my body to move in whatever way it needs to move. And it always brings me home to myself. And then it connects me to everything around me. Mm. Like, and I think that when we see that connectivity between ourselves, so through the exploration of me, we discover the, we like when we like really lean into that, we're just on a different level. I will also say that I have a little party trick that I do um, because I love working with chakras and energy. I can pretty much pinpoint someone's period problems based off of their like chakra alignment. Mm. So for instance, if you are somebody who deals with a lot of bloating, one of the questions I'll ask is, okay, well, what do you believe about yourself? And people are like, what are you talking about? It's all about your solar plexus chakra because that's the part of the body that's bloated and not feeling well. So where, what is your center of power? Or maybe it's your, you're noticing like you're super crampy and you can't figure out why. And so then I'll say, well, how safe do you feel? Hmm. If you were like, what do you mean? 
That's your root chakra, right? Because all of it's going along our vagus nerve where our shukti is, right? So it's like for women, once you can see this overlap, it's just a different, it's a different experience. And I guess that's like the spiritual side of how I tie it all together, but it's not, I, me and period blood, I haven't really painted with it, but I do use it. (laughs) I know that's a little wild. (laughs) Yeah. That's an out there one. It's a good fertilizer though. Like it's really good. Like if you're a gardener, I mean, I'm not, I've done it once where I've like taken my period blood and put it in a plant because I was like, this is really work. But then I realized I just don't have a green thumb. (laughs) (laughs) I've done the exact same thing. Well, I think the bigger conversation too, is just about being comfortable as a woman. So I love that you just say it's about acceptance at the end of the day. And this is something I see with my clients a lot too, is, um, we do mirror work. And I, one of the practices is just to have them stand nude in front of the mirror and just look and feel safe, just witnessing their bodies. Cause we just hide so much of ourselves physically on a daily basis and bleeding, I think is part of that, just hiding like all these things. So, um, I love that just radical acceptance and whatever you can do to kind of get there, whatever practices that can bring you home to that space is, is really wonderful. Um, and I don't want to skip over this amazing, you know, point you were making about productivity and the thinking mind, um, in accordance with your cycle. So can you talk a little bit more about productivity and how we think on our cycle? For sure. This is my bread and butter. And when I say my bread and butter, like when I discovered how the brain changes throughout the menstrual cycle, I unlocked a new level of like, I am that insert whatever you want to be here. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. I was just like, can't nobody tell me nothing. So <laughs> on your period, this is a perfect time for ideation Research shares there's 25% more connectivity between the right and left hemispheres of your brain. So I don't know if you've ever been in the shower and you got this great idea, right? You're not only like relaxed, but also when you're on your period, your brain is like ready to go. It's firing. Post-period, there's actually growth in the hippocampus and the amygdala, which are parts of the brain for really communication and connection. So this is the time where you really want to focus in on like, creation in terms of strategic planning, whether you're planning like a launch or setting some goals, visionary work is really good during this time and kind of like flushing out those ideas you came up with on your period. When you're ovulating, this is execution. This is showtime, baby. This is where we're doing all of the things. This is a surge in your hormones. Your hippocampus and amygdala are the largest that they are throughout your menstrual cycle. But Just after ovulation, your prefrontal cortex, which is that part of the brain that does connect you to everything else, actually begins to like shift. And so you're kind of like still like, I'm on this high, I I feel great. And so you're still connecting with people, but then you also somewhat slip into a low, but not a bad low, just a low in which like, you're like, I can't really think all the way straight. I just want to do, like, I'm not thinking I'm just doing. And then in the fourth and final phase, your luteal phase of your cycle, this is where that switch from being allocentric to egocentric occurs. And this is that time for evaluation. So I don't know how many of you have ever experienced this. Maybe it's just a me thing, 
But sometimes when I'm PMSing, I want to look for problems in all areas of my life. (laughs) And I like to encourage people to look for them in their businesses or in their profession and see how they can improve. The reason I encourage this is because certain times, like we don't need to be rocking the boat. Like sometimes we need to just like have the seat, but because of that shift in your brain, your brain is more analytical. You are like looking into those details more. And so this is a time to really evaluate maybe how far you are in accomplishing said goal or different things along those lines. So amazing. I love how you just really can tell us exactly what's going on biologically. Cause I've, I've heard a lot of people just say, Oh, you're more productive. It's like, you are so great at telling us like, why it's so fascinating. <laughs> I'm inspired to like pick up the the book that you were recommending too. Amazing. So what, what do you feel like your clients when you're working with people, what are they coming in and struggling with the most? Is it mostly pain? Is it mostly regulation? What are they, what are they usually coming in with? You know, initially it was pain. Now it's anxiety and mood Mm -hmm. and it's, it's always interesting because I am, maybe it's my Virgo rising. I have a Pisces sun with a Virgo rising and I swear sometimes my Virgo, like she comes out like a she wolf and I'm like, sis, (laughs) chill. But, um, it's been mood and a lot of anxiety. And I think that the reason this is happening so much, like when I say within the last six months. It's just a shift in our society and not having the proper tools to navigate it, not knowing how to regulate our nervous system unless there's a pharmaceutical involved. I think that's what everyone is dealing with. And if anybody is dealing with menstrual moodiness or anxiety, I want to give you a little bit of peace. Okay. First, biologically, in the second half of your cycle, after ovulation, there's a drop in your estrogen often associated with a decrease in serotonin, dopamine, and your endorphins, Mm. all of the happy neurotransmitters. Okay. So a natural shift in mood is okay. Mm -hmm. However, if you're dealing with anxiety, I say this with love, but I need you to manage your mind because oftentimes anxiety is an imagination related thing. You've created an outcome. You've created multiple outcomes and now you're Oh my God, what is this? Chill, 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 chill. Come back home to yourself and give yourself that space. Give yourself peace. How can you give yourself peace? Well, I don't know what you like to do. Maybe it's mirror work. Mirror work is actually really nice. It is a great way to come back to yourself because you're present, right? But sometimes it's just journaling and getting those things out. Sometimes it's turning off your phone, turning off the television and just laying in the middle of the floor. Yes. Like, and again, that's what people have been coming to me with as of late. And I I like to keep it practical for people too. Like, you know, there's a difference between menstrual moodiness and anxiety and then something called PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoria disorder, uh, which a lot more women are dealing with circa COVID, frankly, Mm -hmm. since that has happened, a lot more women are like feeling so out of control and they're dealing with thoughts beyond depression. And I don't want to trigger anyone. So I'm not going to say much else. Um, but if that is you therapy, please like, and that's like, not, I'm not a therapist. You wouldn't want me as a therapist. I'm (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's what I would say. I'm dealing with 
and seeing with my clients the most, you know, that and like, there's still the pain, still the bloating, cramping and fatigue, but mood and anxiety has been the last six months. And I've just been like, I need mm-hmm. to go through another mindset coaching program. Like, <laughs> totally. Well, thank you so much for saying that for everybody listening, you know, struggling with those kind of blocks and anxiety and everything that it is natural. And there's a, there's a reason behind it. And beyond that, there is a way to heal from that. And like, there's nothing wrong with us for going through that, but there is a way out, you know, we don't have to suffer like that for so long. And I think both of us are examples of people that have overcome it, you know, and, and gone through that struggle on the other side. So I love that. Barry, thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom with us. This was really fascinating Mm -hmm. and enlightening. And so if people do want to work with you, get to know you more deeply, where can we connect with you? Bruce, thank you for having me. This has been like a fun conversation because like we got to go everywhere, which I love. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always say, come hang out with me on Instagram or on TikTok at Barry on Elberry. But honestly, if you are looking to heal your cycle, come hang out on Instagram at Optimize Your Flow. Check out my signature program, Flawless Flow, because hashtag flawless. Okay, it's giving Beyonce. It's giving (laughs) perfect periods. Um, and yeah, those are the best places to find me. Amazing. Your Instagram really gives like very great tips, like straight up. So I think people will love that. Thank you so much again for being here. Have a great rest of your day. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And check out the description below for more information. And of course, if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you just learned and listened to, please do send it along, spread the love. Final note on my end is that every month on the full moon, I host a full moon circle. So this has been an awesome way to come together as community to explore together. In the first half, we do an oracle card pull and some journaling. And then in the second half, I take you on a guided hypno journey, which is a really potent and powerful visualization for calling forth your highest iteration of self. So check out the description for that link as well. And I think that's it for now. HelenDenham.com has everything you might need. So I love you so much. I'm sending you a big virtual hug. Thank you for being here and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.